Okay, so before we jump into tonight's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank tonight's sponsor, which again is Stamps.com. Stamps.com, since 1998, has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're a full-blown office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment required. And within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with our promo code POD, that's P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. How about that? No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. Stamps.com, promo code POD, Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. And away we go. What is up, folks? What's going on? And welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike, and thanks for joining us for another week. Uh, apologize for not putting anything out on the feed last week, but I was feeling a little bit under the weather, and uh, I'm just now getting over a sinus infection, so I might sound a little bit more nasally than usual. But I am uh, I am with a couple of <laughs> my esteemed co-hosts who do not sound so nasally, thankfully, yeah. and that would be Kat and Andrew. Hey, guys. How Hello. are you? What's up? What up? What up? What up? What up? What's new? What are we? What are we? went up to since the last time we recorded? We started watching. We watched the second. Um, are we talking about watch list already? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I know that's what's up. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we watched the second half of that American Horror Story. Yes, we did. Yeah, so we finally finished the entire uh, the entire <laughs> season t- uh, season ten of American Horror Story. This one is subtitled. Uh, Death Valley, which was the one about aliens. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. So spooky. What would you think of it? I actually liked it. I'm not an alien person, per se. I think it's kind of corny. Um, but I really liked this. I liked the concept. I thought it was interesting. It was very interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that they tied in a lot of real-world historical figures Conspiracy into kind of this, theories. like, you know, countrywide United States conspiracy that we have been conspiring with aliens since the 1950s, essentially. I forget, I think it was 50s or 60s, um, to, to kind of get technology from an alien race in exchange for them being able to abduct and experiment on a certain number of Americans per year. Uh, one of the main characters in the show, in this section of the show, I should say, is uh, Dwight Eisenhower who's portrayed by Boston's own Neil McDonough, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He's definitely one of those guys that you'd see and be like, oh, yeah, I know him from a bunch of different stuff. But, yeah, there's a guy in there that uh, there's a guy in there that plays Richard Nixon, a guy that plays uh, JFK. Uh, so it ties into a bunch of actual historical events that happened in the 50s and 60s and even into the 70s. Um, Amelia Earhart's in there. They kind of tie her disappearance on her final flight into the alien conspiracy. I thought What's-Her-Face that played Amelia Earhart was annoying. Lily Robb, yes. who was uh, one of the main characters in the first half of the season yes. as well. And She's she been was, in a bunch of American Horror she Stories. She was good in the first half, in the first 
season, what, what do you call it, the first The first half of, of the season, yeah, yeah the first she was, story. She was good. I the think first she, of the double feature. She tried too first hard feature. for Amelia Earhart. She was, like, actively trying to just be annoying. Over, overacting like, almost. Ugh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'd recommend the entire season as a whole. Um, I think I personally liked Death Valley, the alien story, a little bit better than Red Tide. They were both very good. See, I just always assumed that our technological advances were because of aliens to begin mm. with. So this is like, just seems like a historical... Yeah, they definitely, they play on that quite a bit. So I mean, it's, it's very interesting. If you're into alien shit, like oh, I am... I love aliens. Yeah, me too. Definitely definitely check you it should, out. Yeah, you should watch I it. should watch that. And thing, you can yeah. stream the whole season on Hulu, uh, just like every other FX show that's out there exclusively uh, on Hulu when it's on streaming. Also, speaking of FX shows that are on streaming, um, <laughs> I actually have a lot of stuff that I watched over the last week because I spent a really good amount of time being sick, so I watched a lot of TV. But uh, we also finished uh, the third season of What We Do in the Shadows, Cat. Yeah. Which I feel like that's one of those shows that just continues to get better. Um, and the end of it almost kind of felt like it could have been a series finale for a little bit because they uh, they definitely... You don't want to You don't want to. Yeah, I won't spoil it, but there were some big cliffhangers... At the end of the season, and then one kind of thing that they they leave you on to tie into the new season, which you know you can definitely watch that show as a dispensable weekly just show to laugh at because it's fucking hilarious. Mm. But in the same sense, if you follow like the the storyline of the show, it's actually very interesting. So I you know we did an episode on a cat back last summer, I think. Yeah. Um, so you know I, I can't continue to say enough good things about oh, what we do in the show. shadows, uh, season three and also seasons two and one. They're all fantastic. As is the movie. Um, I also have been checking out that new show on Shudder, which is called Behind the Monsters, mm-hmm. where essentially they pick a new, uh, a new you know horror movie icon each week, and they just delve into the history of the character. There have been three episodes that have been out so far. Uh, first one was Michael Myers. Second one was about Candyman, and the third one was about uh, Chucky, who admittedly is one of my least favorite uh, horror movie icons, but it was still an interesting watch. So uh, yeah, I, I, I liked uh, I liked that show so far. Pretty good if you're into that type of stuff, like the documentary type series, which that um, sounds interesting. I'm a fan of. Yeah, if you have Shutter, uh, definitely there are worse ways to kill your time than watching that. Um, one thing that is a bad way to kill your time that I checked out for three episodes and I just it just did not grab me was I was a little disappointed actually was um, that show Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix. I haven't heard of it. So I know we've talked about it before. You've heard of it. Okay. Um, it. it was um, <laughs> the guy who directed and wrote Channel Zero. Mm. It's a new show from that guy. So it kind of almost feels like a lost season of Channel Zero, but it's just very, very weird, almost for like the sake of being weird. So maybe I'll revisit it, but I wasn't as much of a fan of that as I was some of the other stuff. And then I also checked out uh, another true crime show on Netflix called uh, Catching Killers, which is a four-part uh, series that's based on you know multiple serial killers, let or lesser known. I'm always into that type of stuff, and because I, you know, was uh, into the alien thing after finishing American Horror Story: Death Valley, I uh, started rewatching episodes of the X Files again because I started a, I started a rewatch of the entire show last year. I kind of fell off for a little bit, and I was in the alien mood and government conspiracies mood, so I uh, jumped. Head first, back into the X-Files. And God, do I love that fucking show. So, so good. So, I know there's a lot of stuff there. Andrew, what have you been watching? Well, Anything good, good? It's a good thing you got a lot of stuff to talk about because I haven't watched a damn thing. I've had enough trouble staying up past 8 o'clock lately. <laughs> and it's just been brutal. So I haven't, Watching the back like, of your eyelids. <laughs> yeah, I've been just... 
I don't know if it's depression or what. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely a tough time uh, of year, getting God. dark at 5 o'clock. I need to just get back into my rhythm and start watching some stuff because it's been, I mean, we've, we've, we went to the movies. We've seen a couple of movies, so I've seen mm. all that stuff. But Including the movie that we're going to be talking yes. about yeah. shortly. Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, that, was, that was definitely a fun time. Uh, definitely a fun time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people, I feel like, are in a similar mindset right now. I'm just a, I'm just a kook. Um, but yeah, it's November now. A lot of people kind of burn themselves out in October of watching horror stuff, so people might be stepping away, taking a break. Not us. But not us. We still here. We still out here talking horror with you guys that are listening. So thanks again for tuning in. Um, I have one little interesting bit of news that I came across the other day before we jump into our movie that I thought would be pretty interesting to all of us. Uh, given Andrew's love of all things cult-related, mm. uh, and I think all three of our uh, loves of all things Leonardo DiCaprio-related. Okay. Um, so there was a piece of news that dropped last week that uh, MGM is developing a movie that is simply called Jim Jones, uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio is going to play Jim Jones, who is one of the most infamous cult leaders uh, of all time. Cool. You guys familiar with, no. with Jim Jones, that story? Yes. Very drink, familiar. Drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That Interesting. Thing. Leo, huh? Leo, hmm. yeah. I bet he'd be good. Huh. No, he's good in everything he does, so just seems like something he, yeah, I guess that's something he could do. Yeah, so I, I had heard a while back that he was in talks to do a movie about H.H. H. Holmes. See, that... Yeah, is a I don't know whole if it's still topic happening. for another podcast because why that hasn't been made into a movie yet yeah. is beyond me. Yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a there's a book that's out about it, and I guess he was in talks to potentially star as H. H. Holmes. Oh. I don't know if it's still happening. I hope it does too because I, I think would, that, that would be, be really really awesome cool. Movie. I know that'd be right up your alley. But um, so if you haven't heard of Jim Jones. Jim Jones founded the People's Temple in Indianapolis in 1955 and hailed it as a fully integrated congregation that promoted uh, Christian socialism. By the end of the 1970s, he openly rejected traditional Christianity and claimed that he was God himself. And then he uh, constructed his own town called Jonestown, because his name's Jim Jones, cool. uh, in Guiana in 1974 and basically got all of his followers to go there and to live with him. Uh, which he touted this environment as a socialist paradise free from any US, United States government oppression. And uh, amid rumors of human rights abuses, the American government sent a delegation led by uh, you know, a U.S. representative and various others in 1978. Uh, basically, these officials that were sent in, several of them were gunned down by Jones' followers and killed. And then following the shooting, uh, Jones orchestrated a mass murder-suicide of his followers, which... Uh, took the lives of 918 commune, commune members. 304 of them were children. Oof. And uh, as we mentioned, in an act that entailed uh, drinking f Kool-Aid laced with cyanide. So that is where the expression drinking the Kool-Aid comes from, is Yikes. this guy. So might have, uh, might have our boy Leo DiCaprio playing Jim Jones, which I think would make for a pretty cool movie. I feel like he can get weird. Yeah, you know? he can pretty much do anything. He oh, has yeah. a ton of range as an actor. Shutter so, Island. Yeah. Shutter Island's very a great, very movie. underrated movie. I yeah. know it's a movie that we have on our list to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, we got a couple of we got a couple of slow months coming up. But Christmas, we can do a lot of Christmas themed horror. But you know, November is kind of a, a tough month for horror. As are should you know, we tease January? Maybe a January. What do we? Janthology. Janthology. We were thinking about doing that. That's a, actually a really good idea. I think we should do that. Janthology. Do a different anthology movie every month, every oh, yeah. week that month. That would be some cool stuff. But yeah, 
Um, so the article I pulled all that information from was on bloodydisgusting.com. You can find it on there, yeah. Uh, Jim Jones to be portrayed by Leonardo DiCaprio. Woo. Uh, we're ready to talk about another movie that uh, also featured some fantastic actors like Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. So, of course, we're talking about uh, Last Night in Soho, which was a movie that um, we tried to see a little bit earlier, which just kind of didn't work out. We opted to see Antlers first, and then this. I'm glad we saw Antlers, though. I'm glad we saw Antlers, because Antlers was awesome, and I still hold firm on that. That movie was great. But Last Night in Soho came out the same week. And I, I just I, I think the first thing we have to talk about here, just an overall frustration for me with the movie industry as a whole right now. So this movie, at the time we saw it, had been out for about a week and a half, and the stupid Regal Cinemas at the Independence Mall, Kingston Mall, Kingston Collection, whatever you want to call it, a week and a half after it was released, only had two showings throughout the day, one at noon. The other one at 3 p.m. on the mm. day that we wanted to go see it. Yeah. Which is fucking weak because they have to show fucking Eternals from Marvel 35 times throughout the day. Which is probably a garbage five movie. Screens. It's getting horrible reviews. Yeah, because it it's looks garbage. So stupid. I mean, certain Marvel movies sign me up. Like that new Spider-Man movie that's coming out next month. I would love to see that. But that movie looks stupid. Dune looks cool. They're also doing a million, million showings of that. Um, but it was just kind of chapped my ass that we weren't able to really see this movie, which you I can't think do is... one showing at night. Yeah, there's yeah. seven people going to the movies. Yeah, you can't have one theater <laughs> designated. Mm. I don't understand it. Yeah. It makes zero sense. Well, we came up with an alternate solution, or I'd say Andrew did because exactly. Andrew, uh, yeah, a- Andrew, Andrew looked this up, and I had no idea it was even an option. I forgot it was even there. But we uh, we popped on down to uh, Plymouth Patuxet. Uh, to the movie theaters down there to go see this Plymouth movie. Cinemas. Plymouth Cinemas at Plymouth Patuxet, formerly known as Plymouth Plantation, but you can't say that anymore. Um, so yeah, Plymouth Patuxet, there's two movie screens in there, and they were showing this movie, and what was the... Uh, they were showing that new Wes Anderson movie, too, The French yeah. Dispatch, oh, yeah. which I actually kind of want to see that, too. I like Wes Anderson. I do, I do too. I, I really liked the Grand Budapest Hotel a lot. That that Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic with Steve yep. Zissou. That's a good one, too. Always... My Very like weird movies, but they're really good. They're he definitely, nice. yeah, he has a style for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so what did you guys think of the movie going experience at uh, Plymouth Cinemas? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was all the same level of seating. Like mm. the seats are comfortable enough. It, mm. it was, I this is it was exactly what I thought it was going to be like before we went. I was like, I feel like we're going to the library as a child to watch a movie yeah. mm-hmm. at the library. Like, I don't know if people remember doing that as children. I do. But it reminded me of that. Going to the library to watch a movie? No, they used to do that. Yeah, they used time. to have, like, a movie showing, and you'd be, like, eight years old, and you go to the library, and you'd watch a movie. I don't think I ever did that. The library? No, you, you grew up in Hyde Park, so yeah, probably not. I never, no. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. even in, like, Milton or Marshall <laughs> They did, they did that they a few did. times at the, the Turner Free Library in Randolph. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I feel like that was a thing. Yeah. Maybe. I remember it. And yeah. it felt like that same thing, except it was, uh, wasn't that bad. I mean, the sound was good. Yeah. Yeah. And the screen was relatively small, but it was good enough. Yeah. It was a good option to see the movie because we had no other options. Right. That's correct. So, to me, it was a win. And there was two yeah. other people there. Both yeah. probably 100 years old. Yeah, essentially. And I was like, what are these old ladies doing at this movie? And they both stayed the entire time. They did. They did. I don't think they were uh, very pleased with what they saw at the end of the movie because, you know, in walking out, they both were kind of like, one of them, one of them they walked up and was like, what did you think of that? I was like, oh, you know, she was like, it was definitely, I guess it was interesting. Was yeah, like, I just went, oh, yeah, that was weird. Because <laughs> I didn't want to offend them and be like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah right. I know, right? But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the seats were a little bit, uh, weren't as comfortable as your average movie theater these days, I yeah. would say. That's but, like you my know. only nitpick for the whole thing, is yeah. just the seats were, yeah. by the time the end of the movie, I was like slouched, yeah, like I, trying to get like, I was like, oh my god. I saw on back. the website, I guess they, they serve they serve beer and wine there on yeah. Saturdays for the movies, and yeah, it's, 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 it's small, too, and they serve popcorn, which we didn't get any, we just popped into the movie. But uh, started yeah, started right at seven. Started right no at yeah, seven. That's the other so thing too. No we, yeah, trailers. Which no trailers. Like. We wa- we missed. I think about the first like three or four minutes of the movie uh, because there were no trailers. Um, so yeah, we walked in, checked out last night in Soho, um, and I, I think you know thinking about where we saw this movie, the types of movies that usually play there, which are generally historical type movies, which I guess this is. I mean, it's a stretch. Kind of. Is this a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. I, I I was uh, I was on the fence for about uh, half the movie, and then it kind of kicks it into high gear about halfway through. Yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah, it's definitely a slow burn, but it's a very good story. I w- I would very much call this much more of a psychological thriller. Very yes. trippy. Uh, very you know, there's a time travel element to it, but you know, I I I. Couldn't take my eyes off it the entire time. I thought it was just truly beautiful to look at. Um, it does work as a horror movie. I'm still not quite sure how I feel about the ending. I feel like I've warmed to it a little bit more than when I initially walked out of the theater. I wasn't sure that it entirely worked, uh, but it was a, it was a fun ride. I really yeah. really liked it a lot. There was a lot of cool stuff. It was um, engaging. Engaging, yeah. It, it um, never felt like there was a lull in the movie. It didn't feel like it was overdone. Like they didn't. Mm. There wasn't anything that I should that I thought should have been cut out of it. I thought it was very appropriate for the length and time of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it worked well. It wasn't, there wasn't any, um, what's the word? Dead space. Filler. Fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. No, it was all, all pretty lean. <laughs> it was very lean. I which thought. is, which says something for a movie that's two hours long. Yeah. Which is didn't long, feel, long for a horror movie. It didn't feel two hours. No, it didn't at all. Yeah, I don't think it did either. It kind of flew by for me, too. Um, soundtrack. A plus. Awesome. Oh, music plus, was really plus. good. Yep. Um, acting. A plus. A plus plus. Yep. Specific, specifically, um, <laughs> Andrew's uh, future wife Anya Taylor Joy, and then uh, Thomas. She's listening. Yeah, yeah. One time. Yep. One yep. day. One, <laughs> night. <laughs> one night with Andrew. Give me just one and night. Then, uh, <laughs> the other, the other two big actors in this: uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, who plays Ellie, and then also Matt Smith, who uh, I've never watched the show, but Cat loves the show. A lot of people do The Crown on yes. Netflix. Apparently, he plays a big role in that. He plays Philip. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Uh, it's Elizabeth's husband. Okay, I don't know who Liz- I don't know who that is. I, I yeah, Phillip. I I could probably count on two fingers the things I give less of a shit about than the British royalty. I think it's the stupidest fucking thing on earth. I don't care about it one bit. I that's hate okay. them all. You're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, so that's just me. Um, but yeah, he was good. Plays a real scumbag in this movie. Yes, but he was uh, he was good. You know. Does a good job playing a very charming, uh, conniving, yep. maniacal asshole. Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I would highly recommend this movie. I think it probably is not quite my favorite. It's probably it's, but it's it's one of the one of my favorites that I've seen this year. I would say. Would yeah. you go? What do you guys think? I th- this movie killed in every aspect. <clears throat> it was phenomenally acted. Very well written. Had enough. Um, Horror elements also had plenty of comedy elements. I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah even there were some laughs. It was, it was, which makes sense because it, it's, it's still weird to me that Edgar Wright made because he did. Yeah, Donna, he, um, uh, Shaun, Shaun, of, of the Shaun of the Dead and all those other Nick yeah. Frost movies. Yeah, so I have I have some information weird. on that. Um, yeah, it's definitely this is definitely his most serious movie. Yeah, which I didn't like. 
he did a really good job, like leaping from that type of movie to this type of movie, mm. almost seamlessly. It told a good. It was like a almost like a fable, kind of, to me, like a like an Aesop's fable. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Like where it's like a a, a cautionary tale. Yeah. Huh. You know, everyone yearns for yesteryear, but, but is yesteryear really that great? No, mm-hmm. every everyone thinks that the time that they grew up in right. is that much better than the time that they're in now. But everything has its faults. Yeah, nothing is that good. There's 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 flaws with everything, and this movie really did a good job of exemplifying the fact that you know just because something seems great doesn't mean that it is great. Right. The grass yeah. is always greener. Yep. But it's also not. Not greener. So I thought it was just a very, and they did it in a way too, because a lot of people say, "Oh, this movie's woke," blah blah blah, all this stuff. But they did it in a very subtle way. I thought. You think it's mm. woke? Eh, well, it's I not think woke. I'm not saying it's woke, but it did definitely, you know. I mean, the main character, the guy, he's basically Harvey Weinstein. I was gonna say th- this is definitely yeah. commenting on like the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement. Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. You want to be a star? Mm. Okay, this is what you got to do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the yeah, price, I the guess. price of fame, and the. Uh, the over romanticizing of nostalgia, definitely for That's sure, a plays a huge, huge part. The greatest in this movie. generation ever. That's all we hear. Mm. Yeah, you guys, are, <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm real impressed. Cat, what do you think? Um, I loved this movie. I liked the like whole '60s elements. I loved the music. I loved the acting. Mm. I loved the, you know, the whole idea of her. The, I forget the main characters. Ellie. Ellie. Ellie's like aspirations to be this fashion designer, but then she's still like. The undertones, even when she's in the cab, like, on her way to her dorm, and, like, the cab driver's kind of creepy, but kind of... Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole... I, I liked... Yeah. Yeah, so I guess well, now I, you say I the feel like Harvey it's it's, it's an intentional choice to make pretty much every man in the entire movie, aside from maybe one, or not maybe one, definitely one, one. maybe two, to yeah. be a total creep. Two, two. In every... Creep, pig, in every sense of the word. Right. Yeah, from the get-go. The second she gets in the cab when she arrives in oh, London, yeah. it's like she's in a new world. But you also get that, like, guarded sense, because she's from, like, you know, from no man's land, wherever, and, like, yeah, goes, she's gets like, from dumped the, into the from the, city. Cu- the, the English countryside, yeah. moving to London for the first time to go to right. fashion school. You and know? all the fashion school, like, you know, bitches mm. are like, oh, my God, you wear your own clothes. Oh, uh, God, yeah. I, hate it. <laughs> I, I, I hated them. We'll talk more about them later on in one of our categories. Um, so those, those of you who may not know, fun fact about Catherine is that uh, she is a very accomplished and very good dancer oh. and uh, danced quite a bit uh, when she was in high school and in college. And danced, after. Yeah, and, and after and beyond. So um, as such an accomplished dancer and a fan of dance in general, what did you think of the dance numbers in this? The was, singing, like, what did you think of that? Because that was, was that was a big element of this as well. It was cute. I mean, it's not like a dance geared movie, but I think no, it no, did no. A but good job. I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. But there are definitely there's, there's some key scenes yeah. that are very heavily choreographed. Yeah, like that I think that it, it was nice. It was nice to watch. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I cool. liked the dancing. It was nice. The, cool. Like sixties whole like kind of yeah, I liked the it. swinging sixties yeah. in London. Yeah, for sure. It was cool. So obviously we've seen quite a number of horror movies this year. Um, I'm not going to rehash through all of them. We've talked about them all at, at various lengths. What did you guys like better than this this year? This mm. towards the top of your list. It seems like you guys both really liked it. Spiral a lot. I know Spiral's your kind favorite. Of, yeah, that's just gonna. It's biased. It's like it's gonna it's win the year. Top five, maybe top three. I don't know. It's I'd tough because it might be top. Top one. 
It's top, top it's one. Top it's, one. It's, it's it's so good. Yeah. You just I love am, her I, too. I, so I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's co- constantly a sliding scale for me, or like constantly changing. I have this currently fourth for the year. The only movies I liked better than I still like Antlers a little bit better Antlers, than this movie. Antlers yeah. was better. VHS ninety four I liked better, and Malignant I still think is my favorite of the year yeah. so far. It's 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 a revolving door for me. Like Antlers and Malignant could be one A one B, and this yeah. could be three. I also really liked Candyman, but that's not on this. Like I feel like Candyman was great. But mm. seeing these other movies, eh. yeah, I feel like I, I feel know, like my so opinion tough. on Candyman after after uh, like a few like when when did that come out August a couple months out oh, from August, viewing it yeah. my my opinion of that has improved a little bit. Um, Halloween Kills still sucked. That movie was terrible. I'm Halloween still so smells. bummed out by it, and I still was bummed out by the third Conjuring movie. But yeah, I think this is probably if you're a horror fan, this should be at the top of your list to see it. And I feel like it's. Uh, Probably hasn't been seen by a good number of people. I think it did okay at the box office, but again, nothing. What, what does the uh, these no, days? I, mean, for, I, I hate to sound like an, yeah, I know. I hate to sound like an old man yelling at a cloud because I do. I mean, I I love fran- I love certain franchises. I love Batman stuff. I love James Bond stuff. Still have not seen the new James Bond movie, which I, know, I think it's coming out on demand soon. So I'm definitely gonna watch that. Certain Marvel things I'll watch. Like I like Spider Man. I'm interested to see what the MCU does with the X-Men whenever they bring them into the fold. That type of stuff I like, but I don't need to see every fucking Marvel movie. Those are the only movies that really Some make money a ton ground. of money. Yeah. So, did you see Dune yet? No, I really want to see Dune. Yeah, that looks interesting. I mean, I just... Yeah, I'll, I'll probably check it out. I think it's still on HBO Max, but... So the, was it the guy from that did Prisoners? Is that the director? It is. Den- yes. Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Yeah, yeah he I mean, did Prisoners. Denis Villeneuve. Like it's not Villanueva? <laughs> no, it's Villeneuve. No, he's he's one of those real artsy-fartsy directors. Like, I like how, the artsy He's French-Canadian. He's from Mo- Montreal. Mm. Oh, I don't um, know that, but he actually, I, I I do like his movies quite a bit, and he's one of those guys that has kind of come out and spoken out against Marvel movies being crap, like him and because they are Scorsese crap. and Christopher Nolan, like the real like you know auteur. They're they're made you know? for stupid Americans that like stupid movies. I don't think they're any good. I think they're stupid. They just find a bunch of high profile actors and actresses, plug them in a movie, over CGI it, and expect people to like it. It's mm. garbage. Nobody yeah. cares. Oh, cool. Yeah. A bunch of nerds maybe like it, but even the nerds probably don't like nerd. it because it's stupid. So Scorsese, I think, had a good point. Of course, he got lambasted on social media, but Scorsese's probably the greatest living filmmaker around right now. Um, he said they're like theme park rides. They essentially are. They kind of are like theme they park rides. They get turned into theme park rides. They do get, and they, and they get turned into theme park <laughs> rides at Disney World, Disneyland, you know, wherever. So I bet you the people that make the movies think the same exact thing mm. they just don't care because they're cashing in their they're millions cows, yeah yeah why wouldn't you right if people are stupid enough to go and see it then that's shame on you not right. shame on them yeah mm. All right. i like the hulk and universal yeah well it's a great roller coaster for sure <laughs> and the spider-man ride there is very cool Spider-Man but again those are rides those yeah. aren't you know movies um yeah, i like the rides better all right that's enough time spent on <laughs> on bashing marvel um just a couple of quick facts about Last Night in Soho. I don't have a ton here because it's a newer movie, but this 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 is a good amount of background. Kind of gives you, uh, you know, some some context to what how this movie was made and you know what it's kind of about. So, as we mentioned before, uh, this is currently in theaters only, but you better act quick because it might not be in for too much longer. If it's only going to be two week, showings maybe. a day, yeah. I don't think they're going to be showing it at uh, Plymouth Cinemas too much more. But well, it wasn't uh, even in Wareham either. It wasn't in Wareham that particular day. It's I think it's one of those things like because we were we were trying to see it on what Monday night last Monday night. It's probably yeah. not a great night for movies. Good night for us. But well, it was like a Wednesday or Tuesday. Was it Wednesday? I don't Tuesday? even know. I, I, I lost track of time. But actually, it was a Monday because I was I was really sick Monday. 
maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But yeah, this is not <laughs> streaming currently. I guess it will be coming to streaming services in a couple, a couple of weeks. So you can catch it at home yeah. pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, currently in theaters only, no streaming as of yet. So it's not one of those dual releases like Halloween Kills was or Malignant or, uh, you know, any of those other movies that we, that we, uh, that we did. Uh, they completed principal photography on this movie back in 2019, and it was originally intended to be released last September, September of 2020. But of course, fucking COVID, two more delays due to COVID-19. Uh, international release was in October of 2021, which uh, was a week before we saw this fucking COVID. And as we already talked about, this movie is directed by Edgar Wright, which this is definitely, you know, his most serious movie to date, but he is most famous uh, for probably his, his, his three biggest movies, I would say, uh, or what he dubbed the Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy. I don't know what that means, uh, but those three films are Shaun of the Dead, which is an all-time classic. That movie's fantastic. Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Those are meant to be seen as like a trilogy of films. All three of those are... He worked with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost on those movies. Uh, all of them have, uh, you know, comedic elements as well. Obviously, Shaun of the Dead is a parody of The Walking... Uh, the uh, Night of the Living Dead and all zombie movies. Uh, World's End is kind of an ap apocalyptic type scenario. Very good movie. Hot Fuzz is also absolutely hilarious. Um, he also did Baby Driver, which came out a couple years ago, and he did uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which you've probably seen that that's one. That's a pretty Andrew, good right? movie. I yeah, like that movie. That's a good movie. I like that movie. I've seen lot. all those movies, yeah. actually. So he's a good director. He's been around for a while. I feel like he's kind of, uh, you know, a lot of the movies, they're very, a lot of pop culture references, kind of nerdy, but funny, quirky, uh, lots of deep cuts on the soundtracks, which this movie definitely does that as well. But this is, I think, far and away his most serious movie. But it's not without laughs, as we talked about. Um, Wright actually first conceived the idea for Last Night in Soho back in 2007. Uh, so he's been working on this for quite a while. He, he pitched the plot, essentially describing it as a dark valentine to London in the Soho neighborhood. Uh, and he, you know, was doing this... Nope, that was the end of the fact. Sorry, I fucked up. When the host fucks up. Um... The uh, film's time placement, the uh, 1960s, was inspired by Edgar Wright's obsession with the 60s. I guess he was born in 1974 and uh, kind of always had this fondness with the 60s, in, in London specifically, in the Soho, in the Soho area, which is kind of like the, the center of London. Never been to London, so I can't speak to that. South personally. of Houston Street? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I think that's what it seems oh, for. okay. That's, that's a South of Houston um, something. something. Yeah. He, he actually went on record, and he's uh, he did a podcast on The Ringer that I listened to uh, after I watched the movie, and he just kind of, he said he, he felt he, he was, he said, I feel you're always obsessed with the decade you just missed. So, you know, growing up in the 70s and the 80s, he kind of, Wanted to know more about the 60s, but that nostalgia can kind of be misplaced, like we talked about, right? Mm. Um, so he grew up in Somerset, England, and he was kind of obsessed with his parents' uh, stories of coming coming of age in the 60s in London, which contributed to him being enamored with the era. Um, he nurtured his obsession through their 1960s record collection, saying he would, uh, quote, sort of almost just disappear into that decade through the music. Uh, Wright also recalls that his mother, specifically, had recollections of swinging 60s London that weren't always fond memories, which I kind of feel like that is a big inspiration for this movie, right? Are those memories, is that nostalgia always a good thing? Which, no, it's not always a good thing. Um, 
he said her story, one of her stories was, quote, I went to Soho once with my friend and we got harassed by a man and chased out. And that's the end of the story. Wow. So you think everyone has these glorious stories about, you know, past decades, but they're not always that great. Right. Another quote from him directly, quote, something that I find truly nightmarish, and I guess there's an element where I'm sort of giving a sharp rebuke to myself, is the danger of being overly nostalgic about previous decades. In a way, the film is about romanticizing the past and why it's wrong to do that. So... We got kind of already mentioned that, but yeah, definitely on-the-nose metaphor here. Um, this is also the final performance for an actress named Diana Rigg, as she passed away on September 10th, 2020, uh, and this movie is dedicated to her. And Sandy? Uh, so she's best known, she uh, played the landlord. Old Sandy. Oh. Old Sandy. Uh, best known for her role as Olena Tyrell in Game of Thrones. She's an absolute badass yeah, in that awesome. role in the show. She was a really good character. Uh, she was also in one of the Sean Connery Boone, uh, Boone, Sean Connery Bond movies, on her, <laughs> ma- on her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, and obviously there's you know there's there's uh, you know some some nods to the the Connery Bond movies. Jesus, if I can only speak in this movie, uh, especially the big huge poster for Thunderball when they first go back into the '60s, the first time travel scene. So uh, she was in one of those movies as well. Cool. And another connection to Bond. The drink that Sandy orders when she first goes yep, into the, the, uh, the Vesper. Vesper. Yep, that is the Cafe de Paris. Uh, so basically, the Vesper is created uh, by was created by Ian Fleming in the 1953 James Bond novel Casino Royale, and obviously featured in the uh, Daniel Craig Casino Royale. Oh, I Bond knew that when it happened. I <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got for facts. Some cool stuff. You guys ready to move on to our uh, our categories? Yes. Mm. All right, good. Are you sure, Kat? Are you yes, ready? I am ready. Good. I took my notes. All right. I'm all prepared. Perfect. So I'll ask you first, Catherine. Did, did you find this movie to be scary at all? Yes. Yes. Really? Because I think that, you know, as a, as a woman, we'll mm. go there, to, first off, the fact that she moved to, you know, a new place in a city and then she had a bad experience in college and she decided to move out on her own in a random apartment by herself which apparently like it looks like it's like a triple decker at least i mean there's more rooms in there but it's only her and the landlord yeah i mean that's creepy in itself and she's on like what the top floor like that's terrifying i as a woman to live on your own like i i would be horrified to mm. that well not, not to mention all of the crazy paranormal shit that's happening in yeah. her room as well yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean i mean living on my own like in the middle of nowhere with no one i mean it, i feel that would be terrifying yeah so yeah that's scary i mean you're terrified when the electricity goes out so well yeah this isn't that surprising he makes a good point. He does make a good point. Yeah. But then um, the, the whole history about the house and the people that died and all that. I mean, that's the whole thing is, I mean. But would you have been as nervous knowing that an old lady was the landlord? Kind of. Okay. I mean, it's anyone, really. I mean, you know, yeah. and she's kind of a bitch. She's like lays down the law and is like, you know, no, no people, like no men, no this, like no that, whatever. I, you need to be home by like eight. And, blah, 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 and it's like, okay. Oh, it's no men after eight. I don't yeah. think she had a curfew. Maybe she did. I, I, thought, don't, I don't remember. Oh, maybe not. But yeah, but. I I didn't particularly find the movie to be scary, but obviously from a woman's perspective, this is a female-driven story. I can see um, how it could be scary from that perspective. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, every man in this movie, as we mentioned, is pretty much a, a pig. <laughs> that is except just, for her except Except for interest. John. Yes. Good character. I liked, I liked him. Um, yeah, but it just... It, it just 
it just goes to show you that uh, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of men out there are disgusting pigs, and uh, you know you, you can never be too careful out in the world these days. So yeah, ladies, be careful wherever you go. You also need to be careful as a man. Yes, that the you do. woman you're having yeah. sex with isn't gonna slice your throat for no reason. That's also true. <laughs> like That's yeah, some true. of these guys are pigs, but also. Let's not pretend that she isn't essentially Jack the Ripper. Right. Just as a hooker. Mm. She is the hooker version of Jack the Ripper. She is Sandy the hooker. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, we're in spoiler territory at this point, and there's a big reveal Jack. towards the end of the movie. So, it turns out... It that is. Yeah. Yeah. She's Jack. Yeah, yeah. She's the female yeah. Jack the Ripper. It, it, it turns out that the character that you're essentially <laughs> supposed to be rooting for, or one of the characters that you're supposed to be rooting for, maybe you're not supposed to be rooting for her so very much. Are right. we in nitpick territory yet? You can go with go with it. We're in. It's an organic okay. conversation. So, so nitpick go ahead. territory. Mm-hmm. Sandy performs at this club, right? Yes. What's the name of the club? Do we know the name? What's the name? Um, I forget. I forget the I name forget. of the club she performs been, at, the but they, the, the one they go okay. to was the yeah. Cafe de Paris. Regardless of the yeah. name of the club, yeah. All the the pigs, the men that go there, they all know each other. They're all familiar with each other. Yet somehow, hundreds of these men go missing and. It's usually after they take Sandy home very good and have sex with her, and then they just disappear. And mm. no one, no one thought, oh, maybe it's Sandy killing them, and they're right. disappearing. Like mm. I don't understand. That is baffling. I could see five, six, seven, maybe even ten. It's hundreds. Is it hundreds? I, th- I thought it was a hundred. I thought she had killed a hundred men. Yeah, I don't know if it was that many, but I, I think I it's definitely it's implied it that it's at least a, at least do, at least dozens. I would and say, and they don't. No, nobody, nobody picks puts up two on and this? two you together. Think that time that that was and how many people are you going to bury under your floorboard? That's, well, that's, that's what I was just going to yeah. say. Without the stench. It reminds <laughs> me of like Dennis Nielsen, a famous London serial killer who would, you know, kill women and bury them under his floorboards. Like, there's a lot of different aspects that they they take take I think from like mm-hmm. London serial killers. Excuse me, and it was really cool. But I think it's a hundred, and it's also that's my nitpick. Like nobody. Caught on to that, and she somehow got away with this. But like no one checked in, no one thought. Mm. Like what's going on? I don't yeah, think definitely women, a little far fetched. Like men back then, if a woman were to kill you, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that would. I think that. Well, you're not going to tell anybody, right, obviously, because you were dead. Then, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But so I mean, you're 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 murdered. So no one's yeah. gonna. You're not going to be like, hey, Bob, this bitch killed me. Right. You're going to be like, hey, Bob, I. Oh wait, I'm dead. No. So it's a little far. It is a little far fetched. Just a little. Or at least if someone wouldn't look into that. But, I mean, that makes more sense now that that old cop guy was like... The cop was looking into it, but did he even care? I don't think that guy gave a shit. No. I think he just wanted to creep out women. He was like, well, if you see (laughs) Alex, like, let her her know I said hi. Mm. Like, but he obviously knew. Like, it felt like nobody knew what was going on, but they all knew what was going on. Right. That's, I'm just saying. That's just my yeah. Opinion. I feel like they. Like I feel like the, the the they could have done some better detective work there and put two yeah. and two together. I think I was just sure. getting drunk. I didn't care. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, while we're on nitpicks, I know it's out of order. Any other? Nitp- I didn't really have any other ones. No, a very good point that you brought up. I, I was thinking when you were started talking about it, like, yeah, how many how many bodies can you fit under the floorboards in that well, one particular room? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a big house. Big house. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's on multiple floors. You is, she, like, is she like John Wayne Gacy? She got like lines. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's why she's only allowing one person to rent the room on the very top floor because the bodies are in the other rooms. Maybe the stench in that place would be unbearable. But mm. she also said that what did they live next door to like a a bakery or something that it like it was a French restaurant a French restaurant that, well, oh yeah, it smelled like garlic oh yeah right, garlic right. and dead people smells yeah, 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 yeah it kind of yeah. smells the same yeah 
No. Okay. All right. Yeah, good good point, Andrew. I hadn't initially thought of that. So, yeah, just getting my creative juices flowing with nitpicks here. There we go. Perfect. Um, do. Kat, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Um, I liked when, initially, when she first goes to bed and she, like, pulls the cover over her and it just like the way that the camera like pans out and like it looks like it doesn't end yeah and then all of a sudden it plops her like into this party in her pajamas mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool like just when you first see that that was probably one of my favorite scenes yeah and branching off of that particular part I also thought so my favorite scene personally was the very first time that she travels back into the 60s and you kind of see I don't know how they recreated all that stuff, but it looks awesome. Yeah. And I guess they actually did film in Soho. Um, they had to do it like you know early in the morning. They shut down a couple of streets, but obviously they, I don't think they redid the exteriors of the buildings. That was probably digitally added in, if I had to guess. Um, but that was really, really cool. Um, just gorgeous to look at. And I thought that that you know opening kind of like scene where they're at the cafe, cafe de Paris, and. You know, Ellie and Sandy are have, dancing with Jack. That was essentially all practical and done essentially in one take, that yeah. whole dance routine. Um, where Jack punches that guy in the face yep. and they're running yep. around the club. That was that was pretty cool. And then, um, what was the other part that I was just going to say? Well, they hide in the phone booth, which is stupid because it's like you can see through it. I also just thought overall a <laughs> lot of the um, a lot of the scenes, uh, I, I saw this after the fact, where Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and Mackenzie, she, that's the actress that plays Ellie, they were actually acting off of each other, and that was not an effect. So, like, when it shows them both on each side of the mirror, they were actually doing yes, that, like... the mirror, in, like, walking down the stairs when they're... That's yeah, really that bad. was actually, like, them that. doing that together. That's cool. Like, in real time, yeah. which was pretty cool. Edgar Wright said there were very few, like, CGI effects with that particular aspect of the movie. Cool. But you always, like, that's always... In view when you're watching the movie, right? That if they're showing uh, Sandy, like when they're in the taxi at one point, and it's, oh, it's clearly and it's, it's clearly Sandy, and like you can see a slight reflection on the car window of Ellie's character. Like just cool little touches yeah. like that. Very good. Those all stuck out to me personally. Andrew, what about you? Um, so first off, I don't know if I'm saying the word correctly. Does, did this movie remind you of like a Giallo? Giallo. Yeah, Giallo it did. It did. Style movie. Because mm-hmm. it did to me, and I really like those style of movies, and yeah. I thought it like it had that feel to it. Yep. So. Edgar, Edgar Wright has, I guess, actually come out and said that that was part of an inspiration okay, for this as well. Like, you should see, um, it's like a newer movie, uh, Neon Demon. Oh, so I've actually, I've had that recommended really, to me a really few good times. Movie. Really good movie. Um, um, what was it? So Malignant was also inspired by those films. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. Um, one of my favorite scenes was the one where, at the very end, when... Um, Ellie is in the landlord's house. She's trying to get her deposit back and she's giving her the tea. Mm. That reminded me so much of in Prisoners when Hugh Jackman finally meets mm. the woman who's been... Who ends yes. Up, like, and she gives him like the, yep, the yep. Kool-Aid or whatever it is that she gives him and he yeah. gets drugged up. Like mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. Yeah. I thought that scene was really good. They could have went so much darker with it and so they decided to go like Super flashbacky and like mm. I murdered eight thousand people. Other favorite scene, which I it as I was watching it, I picked up on it, but I didn't pick up on it in the same aspect until after the the spoiler was given at the end of the movie. Was when she's going through Ellie's at the uh, library, I think, and she's going through the reels, like the news, the clips, micro mm-hmm. microfiche, the microfiche, mm. and you can recognize like three of the guys. 
from that club in the reels and you're like I'm like wait I'm mm. like wait a minute what what like man missing yeah like yep. all that stuff and you realize and then after the fact I'm like oh okay yeah but like when you see it I'm like that guy was just in the club yeah. like that's see, I didn't guy, pick up on that I was that. like wait a minute after the fact I'm like okay Pretty this cool. is one of the people that she murdered right. Pretty uh-huh. cool, pretty cool, a nice little touch. Yeah, so people did, did notice that men were missing, but then nothing they was They noticed, but they done. didn't nothing do anything about it. Right. Yeah. or even attempt to think that maybe it's this same person. Like, that to me, like, what an egregious, yeah. that's an egregious, like, how stupid are you? Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, that's yeah. a plot, that's a huge hole in the plot. Uh, yeah, looking back on that, She would have been arrested, is. like, five people in. I yeah. mean, but I was going to say, there's that, that conspiracy, what the pattern in, um... Boston right now with the men that are going missing, right? Yeah, Smiley the, face the killer? vanishing men of Boston. That's one of the theories, but it's you know it's I think it's been debunked. Well, but I, I it's it's I I love that particular story. I actually thought about maybe us doing a podcast on it. Uh, I thought that would be a pretty pretty cool topic, but we can figure that out later. Yeah. Um, so I guess since we started talking about the ending, um, that has drilled up some controversy. Uh, a lot of I, I think critics fans were critical of the ending. Uh, because they feel like it kind of undermines the themes that the movie's kind of going for, where you're essentially supposed to be rooting for this right. female character that is essentially being abused horrifically throughout the entire movie, and then at the very end there's a twist that turns her into the villain, essentially. Right. Now, I still didn't really see her as the full-fledged villain of the movie, but I can understand why some people would feel betrayed by that and feel that way. Um, what did what did you guys think of that? I guess one of the co-writers, um, it, so this was co-written by Edgar Wright and uh, Christy Wilson Cairns. Uh, she has defended it, so it was co-written by Edgar Wright and and a woman. I feel like it's a revenge story. Yeah, like they she did what every woman would want to do in that situation. I don't think she's. I don't think anybody finishes watching the movie and thinks she's, that she's the villain. Yeah, I, I didn't You get think that, that she's a victim of circumstance and did what she needed to do. Those right. guys were all pieces of shit. Yeah. And they all probably should have had their dicks chopped off. Yeah. Which essentially, I mean, they might as well have. Right. Mm. But I don't think you think of them, you don't think of her as the villain. You only think of her as the villain because why is she trying to kill Ellie? What the fuck did Ellie ever do? Mm, essentially just found out her yeah. story, right? But yeah. she didn't want to find out. But instead yeah. she should have, like, they should have done, like, where she passes on the torch to Ellie and then yeah. Ellie starts murdering Yeah, that'd be an interesting people. twist. That would be mm. better. Like, that you would have take cool. over for me. I've killed all these men now. It's yeah. They're in the walls, um, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what was, uh, so I, I just, like, thinking back, like, it's just... Uh, they really hit you over the head with the fact that just like yeah, she was just really being abused, and all these men are just such despicable assholes. Just think about like that compilation, like supercut of her in the booth with all the guys rotating in, and what's your name? And she had a different name every time. Every time yeah. Oh, that's a pretty name. All of them just saying the exact same thing, just rapid fire, one by one by one. So I mean, just, this may be a let's call it not a hot take, unpopular opinion. She didn't have to do that. No, she didn't. She could have chosen another line of work. Yeah. Okay. Anyone have a favorite and least favorite character that they want to talk about? I liked uh, I liked Prince Charles. 
Prince uh, Philip. <laughs> you liked him? He's the biggest piece of shit in the movie, isn't he? Yeah. He's just he's nice the, to yeah. look at. Yeah. I thought it's a handsome man. Oh, my God. He's like, a handsome man. He looks like a fucking jagged, like, he no, looks like, reminds me of, like, Prince school, Tuesday like, or something from, no, like, so, he so, has that old school, like, dashing again, kind of. Since, since I would say the majority of our listeners don't watch The Crown, you're talking about Matt Smith, is that who his plays name? Jack. Oh, that Jack, is the, yes, That yes. is the manager slash pimp of Sandy, and he also portrays who on The Crown? Uh, Philip. Philip. Yes. Okay, so he was your favorite because he's handsome and is good in another show that you watch. I liked Ellie, too, because okay. I liked Ellie's story. Because <laughs> he's handsome. Sure. <laughs> he's, in, he's in another show that you've seen. Okay, yeah. got that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Ellie was awesome. I loved her Ellie's story. A good character. I loved her evolution as a character. Ellie's a good character. I liked the end. I think that her whole evolution as a character through this whole thing was just awesome. Mm. I thought I thought Ellie was very good character. She grew on me towards the end of the movie um, as she kind of grows into herself and kind of grows up a little bit. Yep. And I thought, obviously, Sandy was pretty awesome. Sandy was awesome um, as well. Anya Taylor-Joy just kind of kills that fucking role. And I know, Andrew, she's probably your favorite character too, I'd say, right? Her face is very, like, harsh too, though, I feel like. It's very, like, structured. Why is everything with you uh, physical appearance? I'm just saying... Like, I mean, if you, like, what are you a dude? No, like, I'm just saying. It's very, yeah. like, bony. Like, very, like, she's a rigid jawline. You know, I'm sure she doesn't appreciate those comments. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Why are you, you being so superficial I, I towards Catherine, this is, this is You're supposed to be the one that's not superficial. <laughs> this is Andrew's future wife we're talking about here, Catherine. First off, be she nice. has beautiful eyes. And it doesn't, her physical appearance shouldn't matter. You're the one that, you like, you, you just said, like, this guy, oh, he's a handsome Man, yeah, he's like guy. you're, you're, you're just making my point. <laughs> I can tell you who my least favorite character was. Oh, uh, Jack's pretty despicable, obviously, but uh, Joe Costa, who is the bitchy roommate. Oh my god, did she suck? Oh, she was. Oh, awful. oh she Her was the worst. Joe Costa. Joe Costa. Oh, J O C A S T A. What else? I feel like she, I saw something else that she was in. I don't know, but yeah, she sucked. Yeah, she sucked. Also, uh, while we're on favorite and least favorite, I actually really thought John. Uh, Ellie's love interest. He was a he was a good character. I liked. He was him an awesome he guy. Was yeah, awesome. I felt so yeah. like he you couldn't help so but feel bad, bad for him the entire, entire time. I like, he's definitely put this awful situation. I thought for sure when he's in the room with Ellie and she's seeing that vision of Jack killing Sandy, and she's screaming, and the landlady walks. I thought for sure. Uh, that he was going to get thrown in prison uh, incorrectly, unjustly. I thought for sure that was going to be the case. Thankfully, it did not happen, and he uh, turns out he sticks around with uh, her long term, which I really liked. So, oh, he was awesome. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, let's proving see that all men are not pieces here. of shit. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> there are some good ones out there. Yes. Uh, I know we usually talk favorite quotes, not necessarily a quotable movie, but one that stuck out to me going back through some of them uh, is when. <laughs> This exchange between Ellie and Ms. Collins, who turns out to be Sandy at the end of the movie, right? Uh, Ellie says, of of her room that she's staying in, uh, has a woman ever died in my room? And old Sandy says, this is London. Someone has died in every room in every building and on every street corner in the city. Pretty Fair true. point. Like With most, most, like most cities. Yeah. Probably Plymouth, too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't really think about, like, bustling cities to be, like, Necessarily the most haunted places, but it's but probably just probably yeah. the most death. Cat, how many people do you think have died in this basement? Not, not in this basement. This is not an old house. Doesn't matter. This thousands, thousands. They're like all buried. There was the definitely, there's definitely a dead animal in our backyard with those rocks. Yes, that's that, that's for true. That's for true. 
All right, so we talked nitpicks. Uh, I think we should move on to the best kill of the movie. Who wants to start there? Uh, best kill, obviously. There are 16 total deaths on screen in this movie. 16. Well, they show a lot, like, all at once. I mean, the kill where Sandy kills Jack, like, that's, like, when they finally show it the way it yeah. really is. Yes. Yeah. I even had, I had the, I had the reverse, even though it's kind of the same thing, uh, but when he is killing her, yeah, and that's, right. that was what I was going to say, too, because it's so, like, that is just, like, she is at the, the peak of her hallucinations, and it's just, uh... I loved, like, the way they shot it because she's leaving the Halloween party and she has, like, the black face yep. makeup on. Yep. It's, like, running down her face and the way it's lit. It's just, it was, just, again, this movie's just beautiful to look at, beautifully shot. Uh, that was a very cool scene. But it was also a very awesome twist and reveal when you find out that it was actually flipped. The other way around, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was my best stuff. But I was also going to say in that scene, which that is a really good scene, um, I always forget his name. The guy that's pursuing Ellie. What's his name? John. John. Um, how he, like from his perspective to watch her just like have a complete meltdown mm. and over nothing like he doesn't see them he's a he fucking doesn't... he's a fucking saint i would have been yeah. out of there so quick what's wrong yeah all right two more questions and then we're gonna wrap it up for tonight uh first one and i i think i know the answer to this from my perspective at least would this movie work for you guys as a haunted house or a haunted attraction yes. um if we're talking See, I feel like they could, like, this is like an H.H. H. Holmes house. Like, you could do that type of thing. Mm. Talking about that, like, you can do that type of stuff in this house. Yes. Like, she's got some trap doors. You know that she's killed that many people. She's got that many bodies buried underneath the floorboards. Yeah. Like, there's something going on. Yeah. I feel like there definitely could be some, you, you could have some good sets. I just feel like generally it's tough to it's adapt a, a psychological much. thriller into a haunted house. I feel like it's... This isn't necessarily a jump scare a boom death house, type though. movie, this is a but death house. There's some freaky look like the the there there's a ton of them and it gets kind of repetitive towards the end, but all the visions she sees of the dead men that have like the blurred faces oh, yeah. and all that. Help that me. that could work. Um but yeah, and I don't know if it would make for the best haunted house. But it'd hey, be, it'd be all right. It'd be better than anything you found at uh, anything you found at Feartown. Well, most of it takes place <laughs> in the house. In the house or in London or, or in, in London. clubs. But or... I mean, even then, you could like, you know, if you're in, if you're, let's say if you're in this haunted attraction mm. and you go into another room and you move a curtain and all of a sudden it's this whole other thing because you went yeah. into another like yeah. morphed mm. universe. Can I, I, I just thought of this randomly too, but I, can I tell you when I was watching this movie how badly I just wanted to go to that bar, the toucan, and just go and actually have a, have a pint there? A little Guinness? Oh my God, oh, have yeah. a Guinness. That would have been so good. That was cool. So I guess that place... That's, real? Uh, that's a real bar cool. in Soho that has been open forever and is still very, very popular. That I guess Edgar Wright said he drinks at all the time, or cool. maybe not anymore. But good for him. <laughs> yeah, but he uh, used to. So when they were, uh, when him and um, his writing partner uh, Christy Wilson Cairns were writing this movie, they were often like coming up with ideas while drinking at this pub, the Toucan in Soho, which cool. is a pretty cool little tidbit. So yeah, yeah I, I just wanted like I, I would love. Yeah. To go to London, specifically, I, like I, I, you know, I, I, anywhere in Europe, I'd take. But I really want to go to London and anywhere in Ireland. That'd be cool. So, cool. Um, and then last question, I, I don't think we'll get one. Sequel? Any interest in a sequel? No need. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I mean, the only way you could do it is if you used like a totally different scenario. It'd or have if to be Ellie is like taking over as a serial killer. 
But but she's not like, gonna. Yeah, I feel like they could have done that with with this movie, but I don't think they can't. They they can't go back and retroact. There's no need to. That, this know, movie like, is good as it is. You don't need to re. re, re Wait. Re, so yeah. the, the name of this movie is Last Night in Soho. Last not, Night in not, Soho. Not tomorrow night in Soho. Okay. So whose last night is it? Those guys. It's a reference to a song. Okay. But it's yeah. also those guys. I didn't night. really understand that because at the end of the movie, I was well, like, no, Wait he, a minute, they, last she night took them home to her place in Soho, and that was their last night. They died there. Well, also they, think about it from, from Ellie's perspective, right? So, like last night in Soho, I had a dream where I was transported back to the '60s, and you know, it was okay. other mm-hmm. one more nitpick. They never really explained how the time travel happened. It w- when she... Yeah. I mean, I guess that's meant to be vague. Yeah, which is fine. Like, yeah. I get that. Like, you don't need an explanation. <laughs> it's time travel. Was it actual time travel, or was she um, dreaming? No, I think she was having hallucinations. Well, she was did she wake up. She woke up was she that... drinking tea from that old lady the whole time? Maybe that lady was giving her the tea. Maybe. The Kool-Aid. She also did wake up with that hickey on her neck after the first yeah, night. Yeah, so she was definitely there. Mm, or at least partially there. Hmm. Interesting. We went, I don't know. We may never yeah, know. the world definitely in, 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 <laughs> intentionally vague. How many licks uh, does it take, take to get it. to the center of the Ellie Pop? <laughs> the, the, the world may never know. All right, guys, you got anything else on Last Night in Soho, or are we uh, ready to uh, wrap it up? Watch it. Yeah, watch yeah, it for sure. Watch I thought it. it was awesome. And give really, really good movie. cinemas a, ch- a chance. Shout yeah. Out. All right. Well, Last Night in Soho, highly recommended by all three of us. Um, and with that being said, just a little preview about what else we have coming this week. This is a big movie release this week. Banana, banana. Uh, yeah, Thursday night we're going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I know for a fact that will be playing in Kingston. Already checked. I'm an adult uh, I'm an adult virgin. Um, we're going to go to the movies during the Patriots game. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, okay, well, maybe we'll... Reschedule. Maybe we'll... Friday night. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but we will see <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife <laughs> at some point. I about that. Mm, like I, a, heard my, yeah, I heard my, no. dreams, d- my dreams deflating in real time. That's Sorry. what that sound was. Yeah, I forgot the Patriots are playing on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will see <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife at some point, and we will be bringing you that episode. We were going to try and do two this week since we missed last week, but uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll if see. they have an early matinee. Maybe if they have an early matinee, we shall. Thursday? See. Like 5.30? All right. Well, we can figure out all this behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff. They don't need to know after we, uh, after we hit After we stop hitting record. Uh, but if, you have, if you're interested in more of what we have to say, you can find us on, uh, on our website and also on social media. Our website is ahpod.com. It's A-H-H-P-O-D.com. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just search America's Hometown Horror, and we will pop up there. Uh, hit like, hit subscribe, do whatever you do. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at Hometown Horror. And on Instagram, which uh, we're the most active there, that's Hometown Horror Pod. You can also email us if you're so inclined at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to our show anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, but we're everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Amazon, iHeartRadio. And we're probably many, many more places that I don't even know about. But thanks for tuning in to another episode of the show. My name is Mike, and I've been joined by my esteemed co-hosts, Catherine and Andrew. Guys, say goodbye to your audience. My new name is canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Adios, muchachos. Good evening. (laughs) Downtown. You must go downtown, George. Downtown. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, 
Bartok, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus, and Old Colony Cast. Head on over and give them a listen.